Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. People climb into the lion's den and get killed. Yeah. And their relatives say, well, how, how, what happened? Well, what happened is this guy was an idiot. This woman's an idiot. What are you doing? Did you By see the, way, the law firm work for the press release they had to put out? Tori, how would you like to be the person who worked at a, pre- at a law firm? Who has to put out a press release saying, our thoughts and prayers go out to the spider monkey, Sonny and Libby. Yes. And we, hope that, we hope that they'll get over this trauma. Because you're, you're, you're going, i, I got to write what? The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. All righty then. Jeannie McManus is with us. We have an, a different person in the room at Uncle Benny's table for the first time in a year and a half other than Michael. It's so historic, I think I'm going to carve my initials in Uncle Benny's table. You can do that okay. because I'm, I'm sure Uncle Benny tried it a couple of times. Uh, we have the bagel sandwiches and the dog licked Jeannie's bagel sandwich, so she's not going to eat it, but... In the break, I will go get a different sandwich. You know, it's not a bagel sandwich. It's an egg, egg sandwich. sandwich. In the break, I will get a different sandwich <laughs> no, for I'll you. take the top off. Uh, I'll get you. I have another sandwich. I'll get it for you. I don't mind eating what the dog has licked because I do this all the time. It's, it's not a big deal. We're going to start with Andy Beyer because the Belmont is on Saturday. And we'll get to the Belmont, Andy. But, I, you know, I think the headline news is that the second sample on Medina Spirit came back positive and... As a reaction, I wonder, A, will the horse be disqualified as the Derby winner, or is there some appeals process that could keep the horse as the Derby winner? And B, and maybe more importantly, in the greater scheme of things for Bob Baffert, he's been suspended for two years from all New York tracks, all, empl- all his employees, all his horses. He's already been suspended from Churchill Downs, where they hold the Derby. How significant is this, and do you think it's fair or an overreaction? I, you know, I'm not sure if, it, if it's fair. I mean, maybe it is an overreaction. But, but Baffert had, had become kind of the, the, the face of a lot of things that are wrong uh, in horse racing. I mean, he, he, uh, uh, you, know, he, you know, he was the... Uh, uh, the, the face of cheating trainers. I, I really don't believe that. I, I, I think that, you know, he was a guy who just was always looking to take an edge and cut corners and, you know, you use medications that were you know, legal, you know, in a way that, you know, kind of went over the line. But all of that doesn't matter. Uh, the, you know, the, you know, the, the whole world has, uh, you know, you know, has focused on him as, you know, as, you know, as a bad guy. And he did the one thing you can't, you, you, you can't do in Kentucky. He tarnished the Kentucky Derby. And, uh, the, the suspension, uh, just to clarify, is two years in Kentucky, uh, it's two years from uh, from Churchill Downs. I mean, racetracks have the uh, have have the the right to bar people arbitrarily and say you're a bad guy. You know, you're barred from the grounds. The actual um, official penalty uh, will come from, that will, will then be kind of applied around the uh, and generally recognized around the industry will uh you know will come from the Kentucky Racing Commission and I'm sure there are going to be lawsuits and uh uh, uh you know that, that that go on forever but uh, uh but the fact is you know like I mean Baffert is out of the derby for 2 years he's out of New York for a year uh, and uh, I, th- I think you, you would have to say that, you know, the sport certainly acted forcefully, and that's what they wanted to look like they were doing. Is there a comeback from this? This is a guy who's trained like seven derby winners. This is the he's greatest the trainer tra- out know, there. He, he, he's, yeah. the, you know, he's maybe the best trainer we've ever seen, and, uh, you know, he he will... I, I, you know, I've, I've got to think he'll somehow be back on his feet. I mean, you know, you know, people like him, respect him, uh, but uh, you know, if you, if if you're, I don't know what's going to happen in California where he's based. You know what? To what extent they're, they're going to crack down on him? But you know, if 
he loses a lot of his stable, uh, uh, then you know, building it up again from scratch is is, is a tough go, and he's not a kid, so uh, um, you know, this is a this is a real blow to him. Do you believe that Medina Spirit will be taken down as the winner of the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, there 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 seems no doubt about that. I am sure they're gonna they're gonna make the. Uh, the, the, they're going to try to make the case that, oh, you know, this was this was in the skin cream, and we didn't read the box really that well that that said that the drug was in the skin cream. It kind of doesn't matter. I mean, uh, you know, horse racing has a rule that has made sense over the years called the absolute insurer rule. It means that if you're if you're horse is found with a prohibited substance and you the trainer are responsible i mean you know don't tell us that the vet or 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 that the you know that the groom you know was contaminated i mean everybody can make a million excuses you know you get caught there's there's going to be a penalty and and i i I think it's an absolute cinch that uh medina spirit will be disqualified okay let's go to the belmont uh the derby favorite um, which did not win and will not win because Mandalone or Mandaloon will go up and, and be the winner of that race. But the Derby favorite originally is in the Belmont. I think the winner of the Preakness may be in the, in the Belmont. It's a half mile. It's a mile and a half. It's the longest of the three. It's, you know, it doesn't have any real juice anymore because there's nobody in it that can win the Triple Crown. But I'm wondering, you've looked at it from a betting standpoint. Who do you like in this race? Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't much like anybody. This is really a, a weak race. They drew a, a field of eight horses, three of whom can't run. And uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, you know, I, I think the, the Baffert affair, even if the Baffert affair, affair hadn't sucked the life out of this series, I mean, this just wouldn't be a good race. You know, the two horses who matter here are, are essential quality and Rombauer. I mean, I, right. <clears throat> Rombauer, you gotta respect him, but he's, you know, he's he, he's run seven times. He's only done it once, and so I, this is not the kind of horse uh, that I would that I would trust. I mean, you know, if if he does it again, you say, okay, he's now the country's top three-year-old, but essential quality. Uh, who was the Derby favorite and was unbeaten going into the Derby? Uh, yeah, he, he he lost kind of fair and square to Medina Spirit, but he he was parked wide all the way around the track, and uh, you know the ground that he lost was uh, you know certainly added up to more than the one length by which he was beaten. Uh, he you know the one one of the one of the factors that has kind of made the Belmont's prestige or, uh, or interest in the Belmont kind of diminish over the years is the fact that the mile and a half distance uh, is really an anachronism in American racing, and horses aren't bred to go that far on the dirt. They're not trained for it, uh, and so a lots of, you know lots of trainers just don't want to want run in this race but essential quality is is a sire is a, the son of a sire named tappet who has been kind of like the leading sire in america for a number of years and he's already sired three winners of the belmont oh so, uh, so bread for distance essential yeah, quality has got those mile and a half genes he's got a top trainer in brad cox uh so that's my pick. It's not very inspiring, but after picking Medina Spirit in the Derby, I'm still taking my bows on the 2021 Triple Crown. Good for you. Thank you, Andy. Talk soon, Good I to hope. Talk to you, Tony. Bye-bye. Andy Byer, boys and girls. Gene, you edited Andy for many, many years at the Post. I did. You know, we all love Andy. Yeah. You know. If you didn't need to really fact check andy on anything he sort of seemed to have it all down uh, you know yeah he yeah. didn't essential quality who we just picked if if anybody remembers he didn't like that horse in the derby at all he didn't think much of the horse and and but now obviously he thinks it's the best of a weak lot i need to read something here 
The other day I talked about uh, B.J. Thomas dying yeah. and how much I like B.J. Thomas. Too. And I said that my favorite song by B.J. Thomas by a mile was uh, Rock and Roll Lullaby. But I talked about the song Hooked on a Feeling, which is a good song. Mm -hmm. And then I described how it was ruined by a Swedish group called Blue Swede. <laughs> when they go, uka chuka, uka chuka, oh, right? Oh, I've never what? heard that. Thank God. You, you never heard that song, never. The Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede? Okay. From Robert Magnuson. Regarding your comments on the song Hooked on a Feeling covered by Swedish. Blue Swede. I have a feeling. I'm a longtime listener from Stockholm, Sweden, <laughs> and my soon-to-be wife's father is Michael uh, Areklu, the guitarist in Blue Sweet. Uh -oh. Even if I may overcome your comments of the song in the band, I will, of course, think of you when he plays the song on our wedding in October. We will serve Johnny Walker Blue. There is no parking and you can stay in our <laughs> guest room. You know, that's... That is funny. That's an amazing circumstance. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so what are you... What have you been doing? How has your life changed? Because you don't have to make appointments to go swimming. I know right. that's the big one. Yeah, that was the big one. My pool, you had to make reservations during the pandemic, but now you can just jump in anytime you want. Um, yeah, so that was a big one. Um, I would have to say that I think I'm like a lot of people in that I am re-entering the world slowly, sort of tiptoeing in the water. And, you know, when the pandemic first started, everybody was like, okay, well, this is all over. We're going to go here for dinner. We're going to da 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 mm. And now we can all do that, and we're not, I'm not doing jumping it. to do it. <laughs> I'm not doing I mean, it. I think that we're going to look back and, and see how lives, I mean, especially the lives of kid, kids who were out of school for a year, it, it just sort of pivoted in a way after this. So Nigel's car is in the shop and he came over today in an Uber and the guy in the front seat, the driver's wearing a mask. And had this been four months ago, I wouldn't have let Nigel into my lawn because I wouldn't have trusted the Uber driver or Nigel or anything like that. And I am not, I understand that the, the people are going back to their lives explosively I'm not doing it. I'm not either. You know, I think it's dopey. And I, I still wear a mask where people don't have to wear masks. I actually think wearing a mask is not a bad thing in public Agreed. settings. Not outdoors. Right. But indoors. Supermarkets, stuff like that. Gyms. Yeah. If I, had, if I went back to a movie theater, which I'm still, oh, no. still no, no, hesitant no. to do, no, 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 I, no. I would have to wear many masks. Yeah. No, no. I'd, I'd try to, if I went to Broadway, I'd try to buy out three rows in front of me <laughs> and behind me so that I didn't have to be around people. So I have, I have a small story, and, and you will understand this better than anyone. Um, over the course of time the wine glasses in my house have broken. The good wine glasses have all broken yeah. over some long period of time. And now what I have is schlock. I have very, very weighty, bad wine glasses that I don't mind serving wine into others. But for me, I want something better. So I decided that I would use all my American Express points, however many I needed, and I would buy wine glasses because you can do that. Yep. They have housewares. You can buy them. So because I can't use computers, and I don't know how to use computers, and I'm afraid of computers. You I telephoned. I did what I always do. I did what I always do. I called American Express, and I called what is the customer service number. Now, Gene, if it says customer service, what would you expect? I would expect them to go out on a limb to service their customer. That's, or else why call it the customer service right. number? So I call up, and I say, uh, I'd like to buy... Jesse, shut up. I'd like to buy some wine glasses, and I don't really like using computers, and I'm very old. And in the past, I've called you, and you've helped me. You know, you, uh, I'd like to go through the wine glasses you have for sale, and I'd like to use my points to buy some. And the first person I got, and this will be uh, no shock to anyone, was in Manila. Okay, because that's, that's what yeah. happens. It's, uh, as they say, we are offshore. And I say, well, what shore are you off? And it's apparently, it's <laughs> apparently the, the Sea of the Coast. Philippines offshore. So I, you know, and she said, I can't really help you with this, uh, but I can get you to someone who can. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So now we're narrowing the field. And she gets me to someone in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I explain, I'm old. I don't like to use computers this is exactly what I want. I have enough points. Could you please help me by staying with me and, you know, and let's pick out some wine glasses. And she says, I can't buy them for you. I can't buy them for you. 
And I said, well, in the past, people have done that. I'm not asking you to take the money out of your pocket. I'm asking you to facilitate me buying the wine glasses with the points I've accumulated. And she said, I can't do it. I can get you a gift card. I said, what do I do with a gift card? And she said, well, you can call the store where the wine glasses are and you can use your gift card to get the wine glasses. And I said, well, let's just say I got a gift card for $100 and the wine glasses totaled, let's say, $97. What am I going to do with the $3 left over? I mean, that's why I want to use the points to buy the wine glasses. And she said, I can't do it. She said, I'll be happy to guide you through the computer steps, but I can't do it. What do you make of this? Uh, On all levels. Well, that makes sense to me. I mean, maybe there's some possibility for fraud on their end that they've had service representatives who have taken credit card numbers and manipulated them somehow. I, I completely understand having a procedure like that. I mean, I think Tony... There is a way, very simple way, for you to get those glasses online, okay? I mean, have Michael pull up to the computer and do it for you. I mean, you always seem like to be a man in search of an argument with (laughs) with a Fortune 500 company. You know what I mean? I like American Express. I've been a member for almost 50 years, and that was my point to the woman in Greensboro. I'm very old. You just said thank you for your membership for like 49 years. And said, I'm very old and I'm afraid of computers. And I basically live in my house alone in one room and I'd like some wine glasses. And I felt customer service. See, to me, customer service is you go, and they're usually really good. I have no complaint over the years with American Express. In fact, they're a company, if, some, if somebody buys, if somebody steals your card or somebody tries to maneuver your numbers, they call you Excellent. immediately. They're Excellent. great. Yep. So this is, if anybody from American Express is listening, and I think their headquarters is in Utah still, if anybody's listening, I have no complaint. I just, the specifics of this, it seemed to me that old people were, would have a class action lawsuit. They would say, well, you, you are disenfranchising us from the ability to use our points by not allowing us to talk to human beings for help. You're not buying that. I am not buying that. Because you know how to use a computer. And I, and I hesitate to say this, but I'm not buying it because I happen to know how you felt about certain groups being prioritized to get the vaccine, likely groups that couldn't use computers. So... I mean, I think there's an occasion to make exceptions for people who can't use computers. But, but not But this. buying wine glasses from American Express <laughs> is not at the top of the list. I could, of course, go to a store, drive myself don't to a store. Don't do that. I don't want to do no, that. don't do that. Go. I mean, you alone, even a blind squirrel can find an acorn, Tony. You alone could peck your way through the American Express website and buy these glasses. I probably, I might be able to do that, but I, I've tried this before and failed. I've gotten to a certain point in the process and thrown my hands up and said, no, I, I can't do this. I mean, your solution is for me, of course, to get assistance from my son. Like it's not. No, actually my solution is for you to just perform a very perfunctory operation with your computer. I mean, you can. Text. I can't get on my computer. You, I can text. You can text. I can, okay. and I can email. And so and, on my phone, and I know that you can type and spell oh, words I can. and I can. read. Okay, right. So and I can construct full sentences. That's right. I with can independent clauses, dependent I clauses. I know where the commas go. <laughs> exactly. I do. You know the difference between adverbs and adjectives. I do. So you could easily do this. I, I smell like wet dog. Well, the dog she is, just keeps jumping up on me. And now she's whining. I, Let's see, we'll get out of this segment because when we get out and I do the read, then I can go get Gene a different no, sandwich. No, I'll eat this one from the bottom. It's okay. You sure? Yeah, I mean, the dog is like the dog is so happy. The dog usually just sees Nigel and Michael and is bored by them, to be fair, and is yes. bored. The dog has jumped up on me. She has kissed me on the lips. She <laughs> has rooted around in my pocketbook, and she has licked the top of my egg sandwich. She has done all those things. She's such a beautiful dog. She is a beautiful dog. All right, we'll dog. take a break. Uh, Jason Lockenfora, when we return, or Bob Ryan, when we return. Jason will be with us. Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Honestly, it's like the dog is in heat. 
I mean, she's just making sounds, <laughs> crazy sounds. This is the Indochino she loves me. ad. She loves me. Nigel, just tell the people about Indochino. Tell them about all the suits you bought and tell them about how you did it. Well, uh, the first Indochino suit I got was uh, I was going to a wedding, and I was a groomsman, and the groom said, here, you're going to get these things online. I thought, well, ordering online, this seems a bit sketchy. Really, a suit? I know. I couldn't do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like ordering wine glasses. Get order you the glasses. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Um, so, you know, I, couldn't, I don't have a tailor on call, so I measured myself with a yardstick and a piece of rope. Measurements came out perfectly. The suit arrived in like a week and a half, and it fit me perfectly. I loved it so much. I looked so great in it that I've ordered two more, and I will be ordering another one this summer because they just look fantastic. They're just great. You can design them the way you want, you know, lapels, uh, monograms, however you want it. It's just fantastic. Every man looks better in a suit. Every man. Even mowing your lawn, you look better in a suit. <laughs> Find a reason to buy a suit. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements. You can customize every detail, choose everything about your suit from the fabric, the lapel, the width of the lapel, obviously the monogram, statement linings. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. You could have a statement lining that says, please help me buy wine glasses. Just repeat it <laughs> over and over and over. You can do that. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $399 with all customizations included. Shop for your next best look or book a virtual style consultation at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the code TONYK at checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com. I-N-D-O, Indo, C-H-I-N-O, Chino, Indochino.com. The promo code is TONYK. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Brandon Costello. He's now Brandon Costello. He used to be Brandon S. Bowker. He's Brandon Costello. He's still from Lexington, Kentucky. He's given us a couple of songs. He says, here are a couple of tracks. Sure to make the next EP of note with all this talk about birds and their goings on is the track Ornithology. It's a simple little tune about our feathered friends, a song that I may well have titled Birds. What do they do? Perhaps it will help in your search for a birdly knowledge. Cheers, as always. This is Ornithology. Um, are we playing this in the background? Because my headset went out for a second. Yes, yes it is black. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Okay. Um, we'll, play, we'll play two songs by Brandon. And, at, of course, at the end of the show... You can listen to his lovely music without me talking over it. But he plays in at the moment. He plays in Jason Lockenfora, CBS Sports, and his own radio show in Baltimore, which we'll get to. I wanted to, to have you on after June 1st, because every time I turn on SportsCenter, oh, it says yes. it, June 1st is so important mm. in football. And you, know, and, and you can't really have SportsCenter without a lot of pictures of Aaron Rodgers and his fiance <laughs> out in Hawaii. So we talk yep. about Aaron Rodgers every day. Wilbon's head explodes. So I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers anymore, but we also talk about the Lakers every day and his head doesn't explode when we do that. Oh, that's um, good. Yin and yeah. yang. What's the importance of June 1st? I mean, it, it really is salary cap sort of CBA minutia, which I, I guess any, any, NFL, right, tidbit or nugget or marshal is therefore relevant. But no, I mean, we're talking about paper transactions and the ability to spread cap hits from a departing player over multiple years, therefore creating space to sign more players and have more cap flexibility in real time. Um, not, not particularly sexy, <laughs> Not really right. exciting, uh, but when you tie it to the potential, and, and, and I won't even say potential, inevitable exodus of a first ballot Hall of Famer, then, you know, anything that's a part of that story ha has a chance to have an extended news cycle. But the reality is, despite the reporting on this that makes it like it's a minute-by-minute, minute, um, you know, feeding frenzy to get to the head of the class, it, it's my reporting has continually maintained it's anything but that. It is a team dumping a salary for a, you know, a formidable but aging player into a marketplace in which the general reaction has been, Meh. 
and they're trying to recoup uh, a, a sub- substantial return, the likes of which the market is not bearing because the market is viewing this as what it is, a, a salary dump. And the Atlanta Falcons are viewing it as a football trade that could have monumental consequences for their organization and a chance to kind of do a fake rebuild while not really rebuilding, although they should have just torn it down and totally rebuilt. Um, and at some point, they'll trade them for what they can get, which people I talk to would be shocked if that's more than a pick in the middle of the, third, of the second round and maybe something else. Uh, and, and that's the reality. And, and, you know, as everyone is kind of making you think that this could happen in any second, I'm just sitting there saying, Arthur Blank's watched this guy win a lot of football games for him, do a lot of special things. And, yeah, Arthur Blank needs the salary cap space badly in order to be able to run his football team and sign these rookies, um, none of whom will have anything close to Julio Jones's impact on the team, at least not immediately. Um, even, you know, the great Kyle Pitts might need – a little bit of time, but but regardless, he's sitting there saying, well, wait a minute, I, this guy's done all this for me. He's the guy we blew up a draft class to go up and get, and now I'm giving him away for the 48th pick in the draft. Uh, so we'll see. It, it has to get done at this point because the player wants out. The, the, the whole league knows that it's done there, and they do need that cap savings and that cash savings in order to run their, their football operations. But... Um, there was never a first-round pick in anybody's back pocket. There was never uh, this this idea that this team is doing this and then, oh, well, we're going to beat that. And, oh, well, those the Seattle and Tennessee are willing to give you that. Well, here, let me give you this. That's just that's just factually incorrect. That's not how this has gone down. And, and uh, you know, that's that's the reality for wide receivers right now as, as well. Um, you know, Mari Cooper got his $20 million a year. They'll be on the market in January, and they'll be trying to trade that contract, and they're going to have a difficult time doing it. And there'll be another really good crop of receivers in the draft, and we've had potentially two generational receivers drafts in the last couple of years. So all those factors work against all these teams allegedly wanting to throw first-round pick and second-round pick and everything else at a 32-year-old coming off a season in which he played nine games and in which he's set to make over $15 million. Let me let me draw a distinction here because Julio Jones publicly said I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So they're going they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to take the best offer. Whatever that offer is, they're going to have to take an offer cuz he's not coming back. Aaron Rodgers, the, the passive aggressive Aaron Rodgers oh. leaks a whole bunch of stuff that <laughs> indicates his displeasure with everybody yeah. in the world, but he never has come out and said. He hasn't even gone as far as what Russell Wilson did. Uh, authorizing his agent to say, here are the four teams I would happily go to, and he's not going anywhere either. But Aaron Rodgers hasn't said and has had enormous opportunity, daily opportunity to say, I'm out of here. And he could make it happen. He's, you know, he's James Harden. He could make it happen. What do you make of Aaron Rodgers not saying it, and where do you think he'll be? Well, I I think Aaron Rodgers is also deriving a certain joy from having um, the powers that be in Green Bay sort of squirm and, and, and have the situation be um, nebulous and nebulous on his terms. And everybody knows he doesn't. I mean, it, it, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't have to say anything. If you've paid any attention to this story or if you, you cover this league even uh, a little bit, you know that he has told them, I'm done with you guys. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with what you represent. I don't want to work for you. And this goes above and beyond the head coach. And, you know, at some point, will he say all that publicly? Maybe. Um, But just because they're having OTA practices doesn't mean that he needs to break from what he's doing in Hawaii and have this interlude where he does whatever interview he's going to do with Pat McAfee or Kenny Mayne or whomever and, and says everything that he said privately, publicly. I think there's a part of him that kind of likes being able to, to flip this sort of uh, the news cycle at any point he wants by whatever he decides to say, however calculated it is, however indirect it is, however coded it is. It's clear if you go back to the press conference after they blew that football game and he didn't get a chance to throw the ball in fourth down, it's pretty clear that he has major issues with, with 
the way that everything's been handled since they drafted Jordan Love. And it's, he's right when he says it's not about Jordan Love, and it's not really about the coach. But when he talks about culture, when he talks about the philosophy of, of things, when he talks about how you treat people, he's talking about Mark Murphy. He's talking about, um, I guess to some degree, Brian Gutenkiss, but it's really Mark Murphy who's the de facto owner. And I think he's enjoying the fact that they have to keep answering questions about him and people have to keep trying to, to some degree, interpret what he's saying. Um, and maybe in July, right before camp, he, he does an interview with somebody and says everything directly. Or maybe he sends out more smoke screens and plays more word games and lets them squirm for another couple weeks. And then is he back for the first preseason game? Oh, is he back for the second preseason game? Uh, but, but but make no mistake, when when... when you know, you, you, you keep hearing the rhetoric out of Green Bay, well, we're not going to trade him, and, oh, we're going we're gonna to get our, our cap even more in order because we expect to carry his salary all year. That, that means absolutely positively nothing. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play football for them, Aaron Rodgers won't play football for them. Jason, I wonder if he is holding out hope to be named permanent host of Jeopardy. They are still trying yeah. out temporary host. I watched him for two weeks he was very good, and he was loving it. He loved every minute of it and seemed very natural at it. And I'm wondering if maybe he's not going to say anything yeah. about his football career till he's sure he's got that gig. Yeah, he, he is incredibly, again, calculated. Um, he, he does think of things well beyond football. And I think if you got into his head, he would, you know, his, somewhere in his ego, he, I think he... He fancies himself, and, he, and, he, and, and I don't say this with any derision because I, I think there's truth in it. As, as a renaissance man, as, as a bit of a man of the world, and as someone who could pull off many, uh, many different sort of gigs at a super high level above and beyond or in addition to throwing footballs for a living. So uh, that would give him even more leverage uh, when the Packers, you know, every couple of weeks – try to get into, you know, conversations with his agents or try to figure out what it would take to sweeten the pot or, you know, what they're bidding against or, or what they have to fix for him to also have, have the ability to say, well, I'm just going to go do that for 10 million a year or whatever it pays. I, I know it's, just, um, it's an exceedingly, uh, large figure. Yeah. I, I, I think, <laughs> I think that would be very, um, that would be a very Aaron Rodgers thing thing to do. Um, would that hold his attention forever? Um, would there be an out in that contract, even if he got the gig? And I, I have no idea whether he would or not. Um, where he can go back to football in a year or whatever. Um, who well, knows? you know, they say that Alex Trebek worked only 42 days a year because they just pile those right, shows one those on top shows, of another. Like do five a day for, yeah, yeah a month exactly. So he could play football and do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's conceivable. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I guess he could, he could do both. I, I think if he got this gig, it would be, um, if he's got a hammer right now, <laughs> when it comes to uh, his ability to um, pound the, the Green Bay Packers, if, if he had that Jeopardy thing as well, I think now you're talking about a hammer, three crab mallets, and a bulldozer. Uh, very quickly on this, then, do you think he will or will not play for the Packers this coming season? I think as things stand right now, he's of the mind, based on people I've talked to, that he that this is bigger than money. It's bigger than um, football. It's very personal, and he does not want to. He does not want to be employed by the people who run the Green mm -hmm. Bay Packers. Could that waiver? come August? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers himself knows because that is a different situation when football is actually being played. I'm not talking about baloney OTAs. I'm talking about actual football. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also it's very easy for the Packers right now in June when they're not dealing with this on a day-to-day -day basis because it is still just OTAs. It's very easy for them to say, well, we would never trade him for anything. Uh, that's a little different if we're three weeks into camp and Jordan Love looks terrible and Blake Bortles is still Blake Bortles and Aaron Rodgers is still in Hawaii and it's like, well, are we going to get anything for this? Like, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to get anything to try to be better with these other guys? Or are we really going to sit here in a stare down with a dude who probably um, is, is much more eager to get down in the mud with us than we are to get down in the mud with him? 
plug your radio show for us. Oh, thank you, Tone. Uh, we Welcome. do talk a fair amount of Aaron Rodgers, at least a little bit every day, on Inside Access uh, from 2 to 6 on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Uh, if you're an Orioles fan, if you're a Ravens fan, you definitely want to listen to us. And, and again, if you're an NFL fan or a baseball fan, um, or you just like inane commentary from time to time, we've got you covered there <laughs> as well. www.1057 The Fan. Uh, you can stream anywhere in the world. Thanks, Jason. Thank Love you, guys. Have a wonderful day. You. Easy, Chopper. There's Copper the Dog. There's Copper the Dog. Thank you. So, do you, you liked him as a Jeopardy host. He was very cute. I have to just be the girl here. Right. I mean, there have been other temporary hosts that were not as good. There have been one or two that maybe were as good. But he just seemed to be reveling in it. And as the week went on, as the days went on, he got better and better and more relaxed at it. And I just thought to myself, he could do this and not get his head banged in, you know? That wouldn't yeah. be a bad gig to go out he on. Also, he also, I don't know who the other tryout hosts are, but he also brings an enormous name to that show. Yeah. I mean, everybody. Well, they've had Anderson Cooper. I mean, they. Oh, they, okay. Yeah, they're they're getting they're getting former champions, but they've also had some names. Katie Couric. Really? Yeah. How was she? She was pretty good. Yeah. She, she kept calling the contestants brainiacs. She's like, "Okay, you brainiacs, let's see what you got in double jeopardy." <laughs> <laughs> she was very good at it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is interesting. He's smart. Mm -hmm. He's a smart guy, and he's angry. Um, but again, he could just say, I'm done, I'm done, you know, and he could even be done for a year and save his body. Yeah. You know, this happens with people. One day there was one of the final, he could come back in a year. Yeah. You know? There was one final Jeopardy question and one of the contestants did not know the answer. So instead of writing down who is George oh, yes. Washington or what <laughs> yes. is this, he wrote down who decided to... Yeah, I saw yeah. that. To yeah. kick the field goal. To, not to, to kick, kick the field goal. Kick the field goal. And, and Aaron Rodgers laughed. He just at that. cracked up. Yeah, that was good. All right, we will take a break. Bob Ryan will join us. We have... It's it's so odd. I mean, we wanted to talk to Bob Ryan because Danny Ainge is walking away. And then an hour and a half later, like the, the PTI show yesterday was just in the spin cycle the entire day as more and more stories came up, which pushed away the games and brought attention to first Danny Ainge and then Mike Krzyzewski, yeah. you know, and, and you lead. We were going to lead with Danny Ainge, but Mike Krzyzewski trumps Danny Ainge, and they both trump NBA games at that point. Even Wilbon would concede that. So we will come back with Bob Ryan. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Brooklinen ad. If a lot of your life is still being lived at home, and it is, then make your home as comfortable as possible. A refuge, an oasis, your personal zen zone. Go ahead and max out on the extra soft sheets, super plush towels, and loungewear. You can get the best of all of it from Brooklinen. Are you still wearing, are you wearing regular pants yet? Or are you wearing soft pants, as um, they say? Today I have on hard pants for the first time in a while. But <laughs> yeah. generally it's a soft pants around my house. I had to wear shoes for the first time in a year and a half the other day. Real shoes. Brooklinen was started to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. And what a success. Brooklinen works directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markup. So you get their amazing array of products at a reasonable price. Brooklinen has something for every comfort and need. Brooklinen is ideal for seasonal refresh because they're launching new products, colors, and patterns all the time. Buttery, soft, and breathable sheets, plush and absorbent towels, cozy robes, Comfy loungewear you want to put on and never take off. This is the copy that they have given me, and I'm dutifully reading it. But I will tell you, I've spent my own money on this stuff. I mean, that's the, the biggest endorsement I can give is I've spent my own money on this stuff, on comforters, on towels, on sheets, and I've liked them. So give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com, use the promo code TONY to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's pretty good. That's... 20 bucks off 100 is good. That's B-R-O-O-K, Brook, L-I-N-E-N, Linen, brooklinen.com. Enter the promo code TONY for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. brooklinen.com, promo code TONY. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. 
Once again, Brandon Costello from Lexington, Kentucky on his guitar and vocals. This is a song called Jane the Gardener. Jane the Gardener. I really like that as a title of, of a movie, even. Yeah. I like that. Um, Nigel, tell the people who want to send us their original music how they can do it. Yes, please. You can send us your original music. And by, when, when I say your original music, I mean actually your original music. Please don't send us something from the Beatles or the Rolling Stones and say, hey, could you play this? Um, and don't make it a cover. Just make it your original song. Send it to jingles at TonyKornheiserShow.com. And we would love to play your song. So please send it. Bob Ryan joins us now. We wanted to talk to Bob Ryan because of Danny Ainge leaving the Celtics. And then that was trumped, obviously, by... Mike Krzyzewski uh, conceding, not announcing, I don't think. I don't even know if he's conceded this, but everybody is reporting that Mike is going to coach one more year at Duke, and then he is going to stop. He'll be 75 at that time, an age that Bob Ryan and I are very familiar with. Um, let's let's start. I think let's start with, with Danny Ainge, because I found that more surprising. You may not have because you live in Boston. I didn't expect Danny Ainge was going to walk away. Nor did I, necessarily. Uh, he claims that uh, he was asked a direct question as to whether health was a factor, and he did say yes, uh, that once he had a heart attack two years ago, um, his family was surveilling upon him to think about stepping, uh, uh, you know, slowing down, at least, if you will. And, um, and he admits that that's part of the reason. Uh, so um, that, that we always knew it was on the back burner there. But, no, uh, you know, there's a lot of people. There were people advocating that he be fired, you know, including my colleague Dan Shaughnessy. Uh, and and they, he wanted to get rid of both of them. So he's happy man the morning this morning. He got rid of one of them, and the other one has changed his job. But, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of agitation here, Tony. This team, frankly, was the single most disappointing team in the league yes. based on expectation, although the book isn't closed on the Clippers yet. But uh, uh, the Celtics were a very big disappointment, and a lot of it circled back to, A, the coach, and, B, the roster that the coach was, was um, uh, given. And that, of course, is Danny Ainge. Are you surprised? I mean, Sean, uh, he can write yeah. what he wants. Uh, 18 years in that job, 15 times in the playoffs, seven times in the conference finals, and a championship doesn't seem to me grounds for dismissal. What surprised me more than Ainge leaving was that Brad Stevens was going to move up. I think of him as a coach. What, what do people in Boston think of I him am, moving up? Well, I think we're stunned about that because, first of all, he's 44 years old. And, and Mike, one question that went unasked and therefore unanswered at the press conference yesterday, Brad, does this mean you're closing the door on coaching? Uh, if, at any level, at anywhere, now at age 44. That question wasn't asked. It is my question to him. I find it hard to believe, Tony, that the Brad Stevens won't be coaching at some level somewhere, uh, you know, again. And, and he's 44. He's a coach. Uh, not one, for one second did I think about him being Danny's successor whenever that was going to be. Uh, this is a stunning uh, turn of events for me. Uh, so I, I, I'm very surprised that he's taking this job at this point. Um, one of the things, though, he is a family guy. He's a very, and, and he's got a son in high school and a, a daughter in middle school, I think, or coming up to the age. They've been settled in Boston now for eight years. Um, um, he uh, is going to have, you know, be able to adjust his schedule, his life uh, more uh, uh, amenable to family activity now uh, and uh, than, than coaching. So uh, that's that's one thing. Maybe that's going to be the end of the line for him as a coach, but I find that hard to believe. I don't know what qualifies him for this job. Somebody must think he's qualified. Danny Ainge probably does. I wonder if he has any regrets at all in hindsight, not taking the Indiana job. What do you think? Well, I, I know he's not, we're not going to get that one out of him. I don't think. And, uh, you know, he insisted at the time that it wasn't part of, it wasn't in his thinking at all. Even though everybody in Indiana has been hoping every time there's a movement that uh, last eight years that, you know, he'd be, Say I'm coming back home. Uh, I, he, so that's that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, what qualifies him, Tony, is that he's damn smart. Uh, I, he'll, he'll. I think he can fit, move into this job. I think he can fairly uh, uh, learn the ropes of this job. He's a very smart guy. There's no question about that. Uh, I didn't know that was on his interest level, but once again, uh, why he is abandoning the, the coaching gig. I have to remind everybody, and not that it's directly was connected here, Red Auerbach, believe it or not, was 48 years old when he retired from coaching. He looked like he was 
60 at the time. He always yeah. looked indeterminate in middle age. He looked the same at age 38 and 78, and that's the gospel truth. But, but he was only 48, and he never did come back. Uh, so it, there's a little precedent there. But I still find it hard to believe, just as I don't find, I find it also equally hard to believe, or, or almost equally hard, that you won't be hearing more from Danny somewhere down the road. Some, he's 62. I see him being the next Jerry West. I see him uh, at 72 in someone's on someone's payroll as a, as a, a highly, nicely paid consultant, uh, at least. Uh, I can't, he's been, as he pointed out yesterday, a direct, uh, directly involved in the NBA for 44 consecutive years, which includes player, coach, uh, broadcaster, and administrator. And I find it, uh, you know, it's in his blood, and I, I got to believe he's going to want to have some kind of involvement in this league uh, before too long. How soon? How soon do well, you think? I don't know. I mean, once again, we got the health thing. I wouldn't be right. a. a, a no, that's why he's certainly available, as I say, to be the to be the the consigliere, you know, for somebody. Right away, there was a rumor about Utah, which was people would make that draw the dots because he is a member, you know, of the latter day. Who are you? Well, you know, the Jazz. And, 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 and no, but that, yeah, but I'm was, saying they they would connect it because he went to oh, school sure, at BYU. BYU guy, yeah. yeah, of course. And, yeah, and so yeah. Utah would be the most logical. He he yes. shot that one down, by the way, completely. Said I have no talks with anybody in Utah. He said that's what he said. Okay, but, all right. Know, but uh, let's go to Shishovsky. You yeah. and I both know him forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, it's not surprise. It it's surprising that it happened yesterday. It's not surprising that he's going to walk away at some point. The next guy is Beheim. It's not surprising that Beheim will walk away at some point. But what do you make of Mike doing it now? And what do you make of the notion that John Shire will take over? When Roy Williams stepped down, the immediate assumption among people who follow these things was that uh, Coach K and Beheim will soon follow for the simple reason that the landscape that they have known has changed forever in a negative fashion. The, uh, the, the, not, not just the, the, the image and likeness thing, which uh, it's the transfer portal. The transfer madness, the transfer insanity, the transfer uh, this despicable thing that's going on that's, that's shredding college basketball uh, is, is too much for them to handle. Uh, they don't need this at this age. They, 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 they just don't need it. Uh, what, what it means, what it means is you're, you're 24-7, 365 recruiting, i.e. stealing and poaching other people's players. That's right. And they are stealing right. yours uh, uh, every second of every day. This is not a life you, you, you enjoy living. It's, this will drive out. Uh, I'm waiting for a few others to go, too. But Coach Case gone. He's 74. It's time, for God's sake. And he should be quitting. And, and, and uh, um, the, the, this timing of doing it now, it, it, it give, it, this, is like, this reminds me of our back. He's giving everybody one more shot, you know, uh, kind of thing. That's what Red did in 65. And uh, he's going to be out there. He's giving himself a farewell tour, too, by the way. And I, I think that his ego is sufficient that he will enjoy that. Shire, I mean, it's very, yeah. it's well, very tough on the person, not just the first person, the first and second people who take over for a legend. Very tough. Oh usually. God, ask uh, Gene Barlow. Yeah, ask uh, you know, yeah. ask anybody, uh, any of these guys, whoever. Oh God, it's you don't want to be that guy. It's uh, absolutely, uh, but somebody has to be. And John Shire has been anointed. He's uh, he when he was brought back into the fold. His coaching experience involves the G League, Spain, and uh, Israel. He coached uh, Maccabi, Maccabi, Maccabi Tel Aviv for a while, too. And uh, then he came back home to the mothership uh, in 2014 as an assistant, and he was anointed as the associate head coach in 2018. So it should have been pretty evident that he was the, he was the chosen uh, one. He's uh, 33, I believe, and uh, uh, so very young still. But obviously, uh, of all the, 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 the young Ks, uh, he was the one that K chose. Uh, the others haven't been all that great. I mean, you know, it's yeah. if you look around, Tommy Amaker's record at Harvard is fine, but it wasn't fine at a big-time D1 school. Johnny Dawkins, okay, nothing better. Jeff Capel, okay, nothing really better. Quinn, Quinn Snyder, yes, but it's the NBA, and he's not going to go to Duke. Right. Okay, it's no, barely I'm okay. Saying, yeah, no, it hasn't been yeah. fantastic. Uh, so, right. You know, uh, and there's no doubt. Um, you know, you're right. Tommy's done a tremendous job at Harvard, but it's a whole different set of circumstances. New, yes. you know, different playbook. You know, and he and he's mastered yeah. that playbook at Harvard. You know, no, no question. Uh, so uh, I haven't, have but but it, the idea that Coach K, it just it had. I said, I say, 74. It's time to go. Uh, what a legacy, though. 
uh, you know, now we can talk about uh, what, what he leaves behind. It was, uh, it, it, it's, it's every bit as good as John Wood. The, the world he inhabited, and by going to those number of Final Fours, the winning those championships in, in a completely different landscape than John Wooden had. Uh, the tournament would change. The year after Wooden retired is when they finally went to allowing two teams from a conference to go to the tournament. The, conference, the tournament expanded to uh, the, uh, 32 uh, after, after Wooden retired. Uh, you know, so he, he coached in a totally different world than, than Coach K. Coach K and, and obviously mastered his. Yeah, think about this, Tony. He's how far Coach K came. He went from a time, remember when you couldn't, they wouldn't hang the banner, Abdul Albanabi's banner wouldn't be hung because he hadn't graduated? And, yes. And now we go to where he wins a championship. His last championship was built on, the, on, on one and dones. So he, he adjusted. You know, as a good coach has to adjust. He adjusted in the way Dean Smith adjusted. These were guys who understood the rules and went to the edge of the line at all times and changed when they had to change to win. He's gigantic. <laughs> Mike's a gigantic figure. He's a gigantic figure. What do you think he'll do? Uh, he's not a golfer. He's not a golfer. No, he's not. A, I don't know what he'll do. I, I don't know. Um, that's a very good question. Let me just, I just got to throw this one in here. What I admire most about him and which should be remembered more than anything else about him other than the fact that he, that he won in all these games, he's the winningest coach in D1 history, male or female, and he won these championships, is that there is no Mike Krzyzewski style of basketball. There is no system. Mike Krzyzewski taught basketball. He won with all kinds of different players. He, he, he started the season. Here's what I got to work with. Okay, I'll use these guys in, in, as, as they are best to, uh, suited. Uh, he doesn't. He, no, he would never put a, a single square peg in a round hole, uh, and, and that wasn't his game. Uh, and that's why he's uh, uh, one of the, one, that alone is as great a coach as we've ever known. Because his teams had no no stamp. They had no. They, they just were basketball teams that that played the game completely and fully, uh, depending on on who he had to work with at any given point in time. So I mentioned this briefly yesterday on the PTI show. That I used to, when I worked at the New York Times in the mid-70s, I used to cover the college basketball writer's luncheon that was always held at Mama Leone's. And the star at that point was Lou Carnesecca, who was at St. John's. But seated around the table with him were Krzyzewski, who was then at Army, Valvano, who was then at Iona, and <laughs> P.J. Carlissimo, who I believe then was at Wagner. Wagner, That's pretty good group. 21, by the way. Right. That's a pretty good group of young kid coaches <laughs> Wow. All of whom, at least, two of them won championships. The third one, P.J., got to the championship game and should have won it against Michigan. Oh, yeah. uh, that's yeah, well, they're a pretty good group. And they were in their 30s then, just their early 30s then, wow. maybe that, even their late 20s. Great. I love that. I yeah. really love thinking about that. That is really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah P.J., because uh, P.J. Was, uh, and Krzyzewski were both assistants on the, on the Dream Team. But yeah, by the way, yeah. Was the social and Valvano was a great, great coach. Bobby, yeah, thank PJ, you, thank PJ, you. Uh, he organized. He got Michael's tea time straightened out. Uh, he was. He was. That was his job. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Michael Jordan needs tea times. PJ, do yep. it. All yeah. right. Talk soon. Thanks, Bobby. Okay, Tony. Anytime. Bye, bye. Bob Ryan, boys and girls. We will take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a ZipRecruiter ad. If you're a business owner who's hiring, you probably face a lot of challenges when it comes to finding the right person for your role. And I've never hired anybody, so I don't know how this works. I admire the fact that they make it easier to hire people. But you would be a terrible boss. I'd be a terrible <laughs> boss, and plus I'd never actually, my resume, I'd never actually get hired once I had the interview. It would be terrible. Hiring can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you do is hope that the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job, actively invites them to apply. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate within the first day. Isn't that what you're asking for? A quality candidate within the first day? So while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. Once again, remember to go to this particularly unique place, 
ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. My solo snow. Too bad I don't know how to start a fire. How to start a fire. I love it, my solo snow. They sponsor my show. Aren't they inspired? Aren't they inspired? Now, my solo stove, I'll tell you, it's the greatest. But when the radio was paying me, it'd be something that I hated. Same goes for a pant with knees articulated. But now I have my own podcast. So a solo stove is no longer loathable. Even Lace and his Tesla are much less deplorable than Subaru. If Michael buys one, he'll be disownable. Unless they back my show, then they'll be unmatched. My solo stove, they sponsor my show. Aren't they inspired? Aren't they inspired? Kirsten Onstead. How great is she? She is great. How great. Is Kirsten Owens? They're always so different from the other ones. Which she says is a parody of an actual Reed Abhorrent song called Red Solo Cup by Toby Keith, which I'm happy to say. <laughs> Nigel, give us the ba- Bethesda Bageland. Jeannie has a sandwich, but the dog licked the top of it, so I don't know. I don't know the future of the sandwich. You had to remove it to a safe house. I don't know the future. <laughs> Officially endorsed by Chessie, yes. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, and then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. That just about does it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, and Nigel wrote this, I'm sure in your honor, because I know how much you like this song. <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Oh, no. He was a good friend of mine. Never I'm understood coming a single for you, Nigel. Said, but I helped him drink his wine. He always had some mighty fine wine. Thanks to our guests today. Uh, Jason Lockenfora, um, Andy Beyer, Bob Ryan, the quintessential American sports writer. Thanks to our sponsors today, Zip Recruiter, Indochino, Brooklinen. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through iTunes. Please leave us a review. In a break, you said you're all in on the cicadas. I love the cicadas. I haven't closed my windows yet because I just want to hear every minute of them. So cicadas don't land a light on your window and scare you by just being there for hours at a time hoping to get in? Tony, this is my fifth go-round with cicadas. Okay? Yeah. I, I, they're sort of part of my history. So You've made your peace with yeah, them. Absolutely. I like, I like the, the din. I do. I, do I have too. to say, it's hypnotic. I'm going to miss it when it's not there. Others are frightened by it, and maybe I was when I first heard it. This is my third, uh, 1987, 2004, 2021, because where I grew up in New York, we did not have these. Didn't have them at all. I don't. I think they're sort of hideous to look at, especially when they're squished. But when they fly around at night, as it's getting dark. Unlike glow bugs, which is a little bit later in the season, yeah. these are flying around, landing on leaves, leaving the leaves, flying around, yeah. landing on another leaf. They're sort of, they're fun to watch. Every time you look out the window, you just see some movement somewhere. Then just see this sort of semi-transparent thing going by. But when they land on your clothing, that's you know I've had that. That hasn't happened to me. Yeah, you just go. Ugh, let's get this thing out of here. <laughs> From Mary Faye Randolph in Austin, Texas. Dear Mr. Tony, don't know if my fellow Austinite had just heard incorrectly or if you read it incorrectly, but I must set the record straight on the name of the man whose wife helped locate the tiger in Houston. He goes by Mattress Mac, not Mike. Maybe it's my fault. Not only does he do great deeds for the city of Houston and bets large sums of money on the Super Bowl, but he has deals where if you buy a certain amount of furniture during sports seasons and the team he bets on wins, you get your furniture for free. In most baseball seasons, the team is his hometown team, the Astros. In 2017, a lot of people got free furniture. Somewhere I have an Astros towel given out at Game 5 of the 2005 NLCS at Minute Maid that was provided by Gallery Furniture, Mattress Max Stores. He's a Texas legend with incredibly cheesy commercials that I see while watching Astro games on TV. Hmm. Interesting guy, I guess. That's pretty interesting stuff. Um, Jake from Cincinnati writing again. My wife and I were selling one business with a liquor license and trying to establish a second. Two deals, and I needed some help. As Tony, a successful restaurateur, not quite, knows, you need a good attorney in times like these. By way of a strong recommendation, we were introduced to the best, best liquor license guy in town. As you can imagine, emails, phone calls, the works. 
literally months of back and forth during the pandemic with this guy. Everything was on the phone or computer. To this day, I have yet to meet him face to face. During the months of back and forth over the liquor license deals, I've been fortunate enough to have a few of my notes read during the podcast, wouldn't you know? After a long day of back and forth with the attorney, he sends me a late night email. One sentence, have you tried the mayo on grilled cheese? <laughs> We'd been going back and forth for months, we've never met, and boom, the connective tissue strikes again. The Cincinnati Summer of Littles will be held at the establishment where we have the new liquor license. I'll finally get to meet our attorney in person. Best to you all. Uh, from Sean Johnson in La Plata, Maryland. A Chuck Culpepper and David Aldridge moment on Friday of Memorial Day weekend when my daughter and I visited friends to congratulate their son for his high school graduation from Nansamon Suffolk Academy in Suffolk, Virginia. Hope I pronounced that correctly. At his evening party, I was asked about the ceremony, who spoke, number of graduates, etc. The answer was class president, valedictorian, salutatorian, and a sports writer guy who graduated from the school in 1980 or something. Me, really, who? Mom of graduate. I don't know, Washington Post, Culpepper, maybe. Me, wait, Chuck Culpepper? Mom, <laughs> yes, do you know him? Me, yes, well, I know of him. His work, his voice, really good on horse racing. Mom, how do you know him? Me, he's often on a podcast I listen to. Mom, which one? My daughter, eyes rolling. Oh, dad, not here too. <laughs> I left it at that. Anyway, the family and friends who made it to the ceremony of 60 graduates recounted that Chuck had 60 pieces advice of advice for the class of 2021. They loved Chuck's stories and advice. Congratulations to all who are graduating in the class of 2021 in Suffolk, Virginia, and across the country. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Jeannie, it is a thrill. Will you do this every once in a while? Yeah, sure. We're all me. vaccinated. And yeah. if you survive that sandwich, you're good forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to solve. All right. Corno curl cabinet. <laughs> now you're an idiot. Now you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Okay. murder of crows and a thousand tiny sparrows the sky turns black as they dive and they float divers and herons Mouse birds as one flutter and fly in the afternoon sun and you a parliament of owls. Thrushes and starlings Wait for you on the clouds On the air Tipping and gliding As light as a wren Rest on your shoulder They fly through your and you and you Bowerbirds decorate their homes for you Larks sing of their love for you Parrots, cranes and gulls Birds of prey, birds in flight An albatross And you And you
where I want to live On that tightrope Between nothing and something In that dark room Standing too close Breathing the same air In that space between Doing something And holding back She's a gardener, digging in the dirt Dirty hands around my heart Jane the gardener, raising flowers Raising kids, raise my heart up from the ground Socials and wanderlust Drinking bourbon in the park on a Tuesday I'm up too late Trying to remember Your laughter lines Those laughter lines She's a gardener Digging in the dirt Dirty hands around my heart Jane the gardener Raising flowers Raising kids Raise my heart up from the ground It was sort of funny The last time my head was empty Trying to memorize I don't know you Have no right to But I miss you I miss you She's a gardener Digging in the dirt Dirty hands around my Jane the gardener Raising flowers Raising kids Raise my heart up from the ground She's a gardener Digging in the dirt Dirty hands around my heart